So if you are the toughest, smartest person in any particular room, um, you are in the wrong room, right? You ask Kevin <laughs> McCarthy about that, uh, Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> Lori <laughs> Lightfoot. We make That's all these funny. mistakes and it's because you have the wrong people in the room, right? You got to understand your limitations. You don't pick games as good as you think you do. <laughs> That's why yeah. you have to have a spreadsheet going. So you have to have diversity too. And, and people get diversity wrong. They think it's race, gender, disability. Right. And it's more than that, right? Uh, Chad might come on here. He gives us youth diversity. You got Jim from the Midwest. Now, this podcast is the line change podcast. We look at what, how the line changes and we take advantage of market inefficiencies. So national fantasy football champion, the day he retires, right? Jim Cumbertree is going to take a step and it's going to go straight into the fantasy football hall of fame. They're going to wave the five-year period. <laughs> and what, he knows so much about football right? Jim knows so much about football that he creates for me for the last three years. My have time flies. But for the last three years, he knows so much about football that he's almost like an insider. Jed Fesh never played a down in football. He make, he's making $7 million a year as a head coach of Arizona. He knows so much about football that he creates a market inefficiency that I made a for, uh, small fortune and when I see him in Vegas, we're going to go to the most expensive steak place with Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to run up the bill. And the bill's Who's paying? Oh, what's being paid is the market inefficiency, the money that we've made off Jim Coventry's information. <laughs> we go to our apps. <laughs> we call our proxies in Vegas. And we place bets. And that's how I can live in Southern California. Enjoy it. My lifestyle. Because the guys like Jim in the Midwest, <laughs> and we got Scott in the Northeast. Now, Scott, they're probably, Scott will be four and a half years before he gets into the fantasy football. <laughs> He's catching 10, 11 season ticket totals. Five and one yesterday in the playoffs. What are you doing for me lately? Five and one in the playoffs, right? Uh, yesterday. 76% last year. So that means that Scott, it's almost 80% in the playoffs, 80%, uh, 20% luck factor and probability. So it's almost like a lock when, when Scott makes a playoff pick, especially if you extract the Boston Celtics, right? Never been on your own team. Because <laughs> in the NBA playoffs, he was over 80%, but he was 20% on Boston Celtics games. But we learned lessons, right, in Christmas, I took care of the uh, Boston Celtics. Got that game right, both sides. And where we go, we went eight and one Christmas. That's a lot of money we're making for the people. So we're going around. Game starts in twenty minutes, but man, we're going to give you a lot of information. People on Podbean, go ahead and uh, ask questions. Uh, we'll go, Jim. First thoughts. We we'll go, Jim, then Scott, and then we'll go through last last uh, last night's games insight because Jim always has something that I don't know to add on so we can make money later because everything that we do on this podcast and live stream is about money actionable steps so you can put money in your pocket to what fight inflation and we all live in high tax states california 
Illinois, right? Regional diversity and yes. tax institutions, right? Scott's up over there in tax institutions, right? So they, <laughs> I definitely am. They name a state tax institutions, you know it's expensive, right? What are you guys thinking right now? Game planning in the NFL playoffs is often very different. This year we saw a higher level of game plan from week six on, unlike other years, but this is everything, season on the line. So when we talk about the game today, we're going to talk about how especially Mike McDaniel is going to come in with a very, very special game plan, knowing he's undermanned, but eliminations on the line. No, I, mean, I one thing that's made me a lot of money, you know, Scott knows about this, is because uh, Scott and I, right, and you can throw Jim in there. So Scott, Jim, and Josh have been alive for over 165 years. <laughs> Right, Chicago, Boston, right, LA here. So, so if we didn't know how to read people and read body language, we would have been dead a long time ago. And Jim, very successful in his career. Scott, successful in his career. Uh, me, I've gotten lucky and I married up. So it's always better to be lucky than good, but at least I married the right person, right? Uh, so you gotta read body language. So this has made me a lot of money. Uh, McDaniel coming out and saying, hey, we love uh, DeMar, but this isn't a soap opera. This is real life. That tells me this kid has something up his sleeve, right? Harvard graduate. You should know something about strategy. And usually when coaches mouth off, coaches are known for mouthing off. When a coach mouths off during the week, he knows something about something. <laughs> and he has something in his back pocket. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I mean, we had a good day yesterday to pot in and myself personally. So um, I'm excited to today. Today's going to be probably a totally different story based on other than last night's game. It's probably going to be a lot of, you know, Buffalo going on and uh, Cincinnati tonight. So I think the uh, Minnesota Giants game is going to be the one that's going to be pretty wild today. So. Yeah, they're all going to be wild. So let's backtrack to yesterday. Uh, first game was Seattle. Uh, Scott got it right. I got it wrong. I had Seattle plus the 10, over 42 and a half. My opinion, the play of the game was when uh, Seattle basically had control of the game going in with Geno Smith. They had the 15-yard line, and, and uh, Geno Smith hands the ball over to the 49ers, and they start fighting on the sidelines, and guys are saying, I'm not going to put my buddy on the line for Geno Smith turning around and being Geno Smith, right? He showed his true colors in the playoffs. Sometimes it happens. We'll go uh, Jim and Scott. You know, in that game, I thought there was another turning point play. I thought it was when Jonathan Abram started bending Debo Samuel's leg. They got pissed. They were really pissed. And the drive after that, you're mentioning, that's where the fumble was. But um, I, they were going to come out on offense the rest of the way. They figured it out. So right. Seattle may have scored that touchdown, but the 49ers were just going to be rolling touchdowns at that point. And I thought, you you are dumb to piss this team off. Yeah. 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 No, it, it was it was dumb because they, they were completely just so fired up. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I agree with Jim. I mean, San Francisco's got too many weapons on offense, and then and then you're gonna you're gonna piss them off and make them mad. I mean, come on, really? What do you think right. they're gonna do? I mean, they, they're a, they're an extremely tough out, and any questions about Brock Purdy should have been answered long before yesterday, but were definitely answered yesterday with his performance. So. 
And you can stick any quarterback into that offense because they run the ball so well. And uh, Brock Purdy was very, very, very uh, relaxed during that time period. That that was huge for him. You know the one guy on that staff that's gone underappreciated? Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy has gone underappreciated on that staff. He's done a phenomenal job with Brock Purdy. So Big time. uh, I know the finances of Brian Greasy. He lives in Tampa. Not supposed to say, but he, he's well off, right? He has a lot of money. His dad has a lot of money. And he's doing this for the love of the game. And because he, he won a national title at Michigan, running that Tom Brady offense. <laughs> they, they we're going to see now uh, on Monday, we're going to see the Tom Brady offense. Let me get this. During that time period. Sound off that one, right? Because I'm playing many roles here. So we're live on uh, Twitter, we're live on YouTube, and we're going to be live, we're live on uh, Podbean. So anybody on Podbean has any questions, let us know. Then uh, this year, we are nine and two Florida second half lines. And I introduced Jim to the Florida second half line when we did a live stream and we told everybody who wanted to hear to make money, and I know Jim makes money on that, on the Chiefs against Tampa Bay, the second half line. I said, Jim, even though it's January, even though the weather's cooler, this 90% humidity, it fogs up things. It's hard to breathe. And in the NFL, where everything's so close, it makes a difference. But who cares about the difference unless you make money off of it, unless it's actionable. That's why I love our content. We're telling you information so you can mitigate inflation so that tank of gasoline is cheaper. So what do we do, right? We tell everybody until our tongues are tired, Jacksonville, second half line. Now, read the book, Greek Mafia. And we guess I have direct knowledge because Daddy Spanos hired my family to clean a hotel in Clearwater, Florida. So what I'm talking about, I, I've seen uh, up front, right? So uh, Spanos' sister accuses Gene Spanos stealing all the money from the trust, kicking the money up to Tarpon Springs. What does that mean to us, Josh? What does it have to be mean about the, the game I saw last night? What does it have to mean about sports betting? It means that the Chargers do not have any backups. They do not have any depth. That means that in 80% humidity last night, they were going to lose the game no matter how much of a big lead they had. So we crushed that and we made a lot of money off of that. Uh, that game, and when that uh, when that field goal kicker missed that kick on cue, <laughs> he hadn't missed a kick all year. You knew he was going to miss it. Man, I slammed the beer, and I started laughing and dancing. And then I went to my app, and I got uh, Jacksonville Moneyline, plus 1,700 folks, plus 1,700 folks. What do you guys thought about that game? We'll go Jim and Scott. You know, it was 27 to 7, and I said to myself, you know what? I, there's a good chance that Jacksonville comes back here. It, you just see the momentum shift. You can see the way that those touchdowns happened, the interceptions, one of them t- double-tipped, and then we had the fumble off the helmet, and then we had the um, what should have been an illegal contact call. It was fluky. And then I always talk about the war between the, the ears. And when you're up 27 to nothing – 
you want to say we're playing, we're playing, we're playing, your brain's like we won. The other side, because it's a playoff game, are like we're desperate. When you get that war between the brain and one team turned a switch off and then their coach is not helping them, running the ball up the middle against a defense they never had a chance of running against, second and long, second and long, well, they were in trouble because they were going to be in this situation all along. And Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, he needs to go. He needs to have been gone years ago and not just Staley on defense because they changed. They covered everybody in the first half. Second half, they let them wide open. They gave this cushion. They played like they had a 27 to nothing lead. You can't do that in the playoffs. And Scott knows where I'm going with this because Scott's probably tired of me saying this, but I have a friend who worked for the Cincinnati Bengals front office. Now he works for the NFL front office. Every front office is different. And I was making some off uneducated remark about Marvin Lewis and said, listen, Marvin Lewis has 17 jobs. And that's the problem with Brandon Stanley. He has 15 jobs. Chase Daniel is the quarterback's coach slash backup because they are a mafia-run cheap organization, which you're used to with the Chicago Bears <laughs> or, or the Ricketts family over there in Chicago, or, or even the mayor, Mayor Daly, right? People can Google Mayor, mayor Daly, uh, who won the, how does somebody win an election for 50 years and then his son wins it another 20 years? 70 years, basically two guys running, uh, a, you know, a $50 trillion market there in the Chicago Midwest area. So he's doing way too many jobs. He needs more staff. Did you tell when they when they when they um, um, looked at Lombardi in, in the box? He had his son doing a job. He had his son next to him, typing stuff up, writing stuff out. His brother, his his kids were from college up there in the box. They didn't have actual coaches because they don't have enough staff. That's why you see all these crazy decisions because you burnt out, right? We we have better organization on this podcast than the Chargers, because I'm bringing in Jim and Scott, right? We got staff to kind of break this all this information down to make as much money as we're making. What do you think, Scott? I agree with Jim. I mean, that was a poor game plan last night, and I said pre-show, too. I was listening to Chargers Radio Network, and they kept saying, why are they running on first down so much? Throw the ball. There's plenty of cushion with the wide receivers. Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer. And Everett, too. Everett had a great game last night. Gerald Everett as well. And and we kind of knew that was coming, too. So, um, yeah, they're, they're around. Did, I'll tell Lombardi, you guys are working the, in the box for free help. <laughs> the, the Chargers just did not game plan at all for that game last night. You run an Austin Eckler in the middle of the defense. He's, what is he get? Two yards, and that's he's going to get tackled. Well, remember, we've been saying all year, especially in college, it does, but in the NFL. Because the Chargers don't have any depth and they have backup offensive linemen in there, what's the easiest thing to do? Run block. Yeah. The hardest thing to do is pass block, right? That's why your quarterback has broken ribs and has to play with a flat jacket, right? Because, you know, uh, Slater goes down and they're bringing up a guy who Telesco says, hey, he's going to be good in four years. Well, <laughs> you're in the playoffs this year with your pre-bowl quarterback. That's why if Justin Herbert wants to win, he needs to get out of 
that mafia situation. And is as, last point on the game, as Jim said, they got up 27 to nothing, and I think they just totally relaxed and this has been too easy. We're going to win this game. We're going to go play the Chiefs next or whoever. And they just relaxed way too much. And the Jaguars, just after the, the Trevor Lawrence first quarter, they just played really, really well in the second half. They were on point with everything. So kudos to Jacksonville. They did mm-hmm. a phenomenal job mm-hmm. in the second half last night. Right. And uh, we'll close with this, and then we'll get into the, the game right now. It's going to start in seven minutes. Uh, people who don't watch football, right, they're in my world, the finance world, knowing that the Chargers had to take out a loan for the trip because the other money's out of the trust makes absolutely no sense to pay travel costs as a business, strictly business makes no sense to pay travel costs. So if you told somebody in finance who doesn't watch football, that a team had 27 point lead and they lost and the result of that loss is they have more money in their pocket. You have to look at those rest calls, like uh, both are being tackled and uh, nothing being called. All right. So talking to Jim before, uh, the line has changed to 14, right? So I'm going Miami 14 and a half, and I like it over the 44 points. Uh, This game was in the 60s last time. And McDaniel cursing people, saying this is not a soap opera. Uh, We love Hamlin, but F you, reporter. Uh, he has something in his back pocket. So Jim is saying that this is irrelevant. Uh, we'll let him explain. So this is how this, the Bills line up. The, everybody's running a 4-2-5. So at a 4-2-5, you can do anything. And the 4-2-5 is about this guy right here, 40, right? Uh, this guy right here, this type of body where you can cover a lot of ground. But what are you going to give up? Josh Boyer is a disciple of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, Carroll, do not believe that the quarterback can beat you. So uh, Jim and I are in agreement about Skylar Thompson, best Skylar Thompson in the over as far as rush yards. What are your thoughts, Jim? So what I expect to happen here is one game season. What does Mike McDaniel have? He has two elite speed guys in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but he doesn't have a quarterback who could throw them the ball. So when do you see the defense here set up? as Josh is showing you. Well, here's why it's going to be relevant. They are going to use jet motion a ton in this game. They're going to use Hill and Waddle running between the running back and the offensive line of the quarterback. And they are going to sometimes hand the ball to one. They may run plays where they run both in opposite directions. They may use double reverses. The stress that those two players are going to put on the defense from a speed angle. Once they go in jet motion, they have to respect that entire sideline. They're not going to be able to get free rushes on the passer. Skylar Thompson will do some RPO stuff. Jeff Wilson will be opened up because anytime this jet motion happens, the linebackers are going to be paralyzed because you can't let Hill get to the edge. You can't let Waddle get to the edge. So I believe Mike McDaniel is going to use that as a fundamental part of his offense. Passing is not even going to be in the equation unless they have to. Screen passes. Maybe, you know, those shovel passes off the jet motion. He's not throwing downfield in this game. He's not testing that secondary at all. But McDaniel could do this. He could he could fool them for one game. Right. No, it, it makes total sense. What you're saying is you're going to probably double up, do a kind of like double uh, slot, 
have this guy kind of crash and run jet motion. You can run a tight end jet motion, right? You got your tight end. He can do a jet motion, but that's Georgia. <laughs> Georgia you want the speed, but you want the speed here. Hill and Waddle's speed are a right. very real neutralizer against opposing defenses. You are fearful of that speed. Now, one thing we talked about before is you like uh, Josh Boyer. First game, he blitzed a lot. Second game, he didn't. So now they don't know what he's going to do. And I want to get the right picture up here. I think I got it right. The, right one. Uh, the Miami blitz scheme, right? So again, same as Buffalo. You're going to line up in a basic 4-2-5. So you got your four down linemen, your two linebackers, and then these type of guys, like 40, whatever else. So the blitz can come from here. The blitz can come from here. The blitz could come from the mic, your mic linebacker, anywhere, anybody can blitz. Uh, and it caused a couple of turnovers last time in the first uh, game with uh, Buffalo. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, and, and again, people are like, okay, what do you do against the run? The run is numbers. And on this play, Josh Allen counted wrong, right? Because there were less defenders on the weak side, which we saw with Tua. But on the strong side, everybody's there and they and it slipped the, the run. So I don't think Buffalo is going to be able to run. Other than no. uh, maybe faking it and Josh Allen taking off. What do you yes. think, Jim? Yeah, so it's a very easy calculus, as you said. Miami is an excellent run defense, and they also have four elite pass rushers in their front seven. And right. they can't cover, though. They can't cover. Right. So they're very poor in a secondary. So the way that Miami, again, playing for a one-game season, what they right. have to do is they have to vary up their blitzes and they have to count that their run defense is still going to be able to take care of business, but they're going to have to put Josh Allen under immense pressure. Now, Allen is often going to break contain when he sees it and run. He's going to have a big day running himself. They're also going to be able to put a little extra attention on Stephon Diggs. They're going to let the other guys beat them. I think they're not worried that Gabe Davis will beat them. Isaiah McKenzie is out in this game. They lose a big element of speed there. His hamstring costs him an inactive. Um, so Cole Beasley doesn't have that speed. Josh Allen has not been taking care of the football this season. I want to say 14 picks and 13 fumbles. So he'll put the ball in harm's way. Miami has to sell out, but they have the personnel to do this. They're willing to get beat through the air if it works. But if it doesn't, they could really cause some problems for this defense. Or for the Buffalo offense, I should say. All right. So I'll post this on uh, Twitter, our picks. It's the games we're about to start. But what you're saying, Jim, is that here – this guy's going to be playing off Gabe Davis. Yes. Give Davis underneath. Uh, one of these guys, instead of faking a blitz, we'll still do that. You're going to have a couple guys over here on Stefan Diggs. No spy. We're going to let Josh Allen wants to beat us in a playoff game running. Good. We're going to yep. let him run. We're going to have no spy. We're going to put pressure on him. And Scott, what do you think about this? And we'll throw this as a game start and then we'll give our picks. There's two pastors at uh, Josh Allen's house. He said he's had an epiphany. He's given himself to the Lord. <laughs> what is he thinking about, right? Is he going to be focused on this game? Is he going to commit turnovers like Jim is saying? My personal opinion is, is Buffalo is probably going to get the jump early with okay. Allen's feet and his arm. I think Diggs is going to play a huge role early in this game. Um, and Dawson Knox too. I think both those guys he's going to be comfortable going with. But the 
The one question I had for Jim is we've talked about this with Chad is he seemed to have a little bit of a happy feet last, last game. Do, do you see him as he's not jittery in the pocket, obviously, but do you see that as a problem for him having happy feet? A Josh, Allen, Josh Allen is struggling this year. He is not having a good year at all. Uh, yeah. He's winning games, but the turnovers, he is careless with the football. And yeah. I think the fact that his receivers are not playing outside from digs at a high level, they've had to integrate as you mentioned Dawson Knox more because they have not been able to count on Gabe Davis to consistently win. They uh, Isaiah McKenzie, he got figured out a little bit as I kind of figured earlier in the season would happen. But so now the offense is about digs and Dawson Knox. So Dawson Knox is a good prop better, but Josh Allen, yes, he does. He's not certain his receivers are going to win and defenses have started to take away digs. Digs has one, 100 yard game since week 10 uh, we go back to the lions game and the lions were able to take him away and right now this is not the explosive diverse offense that we've seen in years past and with him freaking out because we've got to remember stetson bennett quarterback at georgia is 26 josh allen's 24 you can't rent a car until you're 26 years old because your your frontal lobe is informed completely until you're 26 years old so you can't really make good decisions until you're 26 Somebody asked me, oh, should I get married? No, you got to wait to at least 26. I actually advised 35, but I digress. His feet are set here, right? Week two, his feet are set. Last week, he was having happy feet, jumping feet. And, and Chad was explaining how uh, some quarterbacks, coaches, including Mac Jones's coach, want your feet hot. So when you're going through your progressions, you're ready to go. We grew up, right, Jim, that you had to have your feet set. That's what we grew up with, Joe Montana, Dan Marino. I think that's a problem. I think he, hopefully he got really good therapy this week, a good sports psychologist, because he looked, he, to me, he did look jittery to me in the pocket last week. He was just all over the place. Uh, that's why I like Miami, 14 and a half, over the 44 points. Scott likes your New York Giants. I like Minnesota in the next game, under 48. In the Ravens in Cincinnati, I like uh, the good old John Harbaugh, another guy who has some things in his back pocket. <laughs> He's been coaching forever, Super Bowl coach. Same type of situation, plus one. Plus one means you got more blockers than tacklers. So believe me, those uh, Greg Roman and those Raven quarterbacks will run. It's still at eight and a half. I'm going Ravens plus nine. And what do we have, Scott? Over the 40? Actually, I, I like that, so I'm going to middle it, right? So I got under 44 because you got to look at market inefficiency. Jim is a market inefficiency with all that knowledge, right? So we got it under 44. Now I can go over 40 and win both sides of the bet because now it's around 40. What do you guys think rest of the day? What, where are you guys' picks? And uh, John, uh, Jimbo was blesses us, right? And life people are either a blessing or a curse. Jim was <laughs> blesses us with a money-making prop bet. <laughs> oh yeah well now this game just starts so we're gonna go to a later there are two prop bets in the minnesota and giants game that i like saquon right. barkley over three and a half receptions he had eight catches the last time they played minnesota has allowed the fourth most receptions to running backs 
um, over the last four weeks, and it may be a longer rate than that. But they, those linebackers who used to be great coverage, they're not great coverage. They're very attackable, and they're still good against the run. So that's an outlet. In that game also, Justin Jefferson is only 91 and a half yards. There's no scenario the Giants have the personnel to deal with him. And Jefferson's either less than 50 or he's well over 120. He's sailing over. Those two props like those a lot. Big time, man. I love the, I love the. Got anything, Scott? Scott taking care of stuff. Well, um, all these podcasts have a long shelf life. No, I'm back. I'm back. You're back, um, Scott. I just, my feeling is, is that Minnesota's going to have problems missing. I think they're missing three offensive linemen, right, Jim? No, they got, they got the center Bradbury back. They're only they, down right tackle Brian O'Neill. He's did. the only one that's out right now. Darisaw's back. So they're fine other than the right tackle spot. And oh, so Uda, I, Uda's been playing okay in his, in his uh, replacement. So I, I just think that the Giants lost on a 61-yard field goal last time by Greg Joseph. I think Minnesota's defense gives up yards by the boatload. And I, I think if Daniel Jones is smart, he'll target the slot a lot early in the game and then use his feet and use Barkley a lot. I think Barkley's going to get used a lot as the game goes on. But I think the way that you attack Minnesota is in the slot, and I think they should attack in the air early to set up Barkley to expand the defense so that they can have a lot more success. Yeah, Richie defense. James is, and to your point, Richie James is a good prop bet too. I don't yeah. like him as much as I like the other two, but he's definitely a third-place one there. Yeah, so that, that's why I'm going with the Giants. I think if there's going to be a, a lower-seeded upset, in terms of the three six two seven, I think it's the Giants that that's going to do it. So, right, I, I just don't like the the Mara family caring more about the wrestling business. They do and the the Giants have several guys who um, have one hundred percent. We did the participation chart. They have one hundred percent snaps on defense and up to fifty to seventy five percent snaps on special teams. That Kevin O'Connell will target in the second half. This guy's been on the field all day. No way he's covering any of one of my guys, especially Thielen, uh, in the fourth quarter. Then the last game are the Ravens and the Bengals. Last thoughts before we get that one. And I already watching the first game. Jim's already right, right on digs. So um, I just think that if people expect it to be a blowout two times in a row, it wasn't a, a typical blowout, but Cincinnati did kind of control the game throughout. I think Harbaugh is going to come up with something on defense. It's going to give Burrow a little bit more problems than usual. Don't forget last game, Anthony Brown had more passing yards than Burrow. So to me, that signifies that Burrow is going to have a chip on his shoulder to, to connect early and often in the game to, to chase. They never have a great game against chase. So I think chase is going to be just fine tonight. I think the secondary receivers for Cincinnati, one of them is going to have to step up and play really well. So that's my thoughts. I still like Cincinnati in the game. I just think that Baltimore will probably cover the game. Right. First, uh, last stream I did with Jim, I gave him JPP. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Give me JPP, man. What's the sack to a point five? He'll get a sack today because uh, Cincinnati's offensive line sucks. They're horrible. <laughs> and they're down Alex Kappa, their left, their right guard. He's out. One. 
and they lost Lyle Collins a few weeks ago, their right tackle. So, yeah, not so good there. And um, so in this game, yeah, last week, remember, Baltimore didn't play anybody. They sat a ton of people in that game. Yeah. And yeah. and Anthony Brown is their quarterback. So they, and they sat Dobbins. They showed nothing. Here's what I expect in this game. I expect ultra-heavy personnel. I think we're going to see two running backs, two tight ends. We might see three tight ends, two running backs. J.K. Dobbins is normally getting 12 to 17 carries. They've got to get him in the 25 range. He is their ticket. I know DJ Reader is a great run stopper, but you could get to the edge. Dobbins has had success against this defense, and I believe he will in this case as well. So this is going to be an opportunity for them to slow the game, drain the clock, move the ball defensively look joe burrow has 215 to 217 those are his yards in the last two games and jamar chase he's been held in check for the most part he's had like 13 to 12 targets he has like an 80 yard game and a 70 yard game they put a lid over him and you know what the only two teams chase went off against are the nfc south teams i talked about this earlier in the year chase right. has his big games and teams don't realize his speed up front once teams are used to him he's still a great player but teams have an answer for him. They just don't let him get over the top. Can right. he break a play? Sure. But he hasn't really done that a lot with teams that know him. Jim, no, do you know how often they, Dave, uh, Isaiah likely has lined up on the slot or on the outside? Is it a lot or not a lot? It's when Mark Andrews doesn't play. When right. Mark Andrews doesn't play, but Andrews is playing. So I don't, and I don't, they're probably, they're going to use um, Josh Oliver. He's going to be second okay. tight end because of the blocking. Okay. It's going to be all, they don't really want Tyler Huntley throwing the ball. Huntley had two good games to start his career last year. Once the film was out on him, he quickly regressed. And this right. year that film was out. It's all, everybody knows what Tyler Huntley is. And so they can't risk him. Will likely get some snaps? Yes. Will he get a couple catches? Maybe. Uh, but realistically, it's going to be Josh Oliver blocking and Andrews detached. If they use a third tight end, it may they have another tight end on the roster. I don't know how much they're going to use likely because they have to run. Now, defensively, like we said, though, they do do well against Cincinnati. I think this game is going to be lower scoring because Dobbins is going to do well. They are going to drain the clock. Yeah. And I, I think they cover. I, I think that you're not beating John Harbaugh in a playoff game by nine points. I, I don't think there's a world that happens. Right, right, right. So for us, it's like taking candy from a baby. And yeah. right there, right, the Miami Dolphins stop. Two insights that Jim gets. That's why Jim is such a market inefficiency that we exploit for money. Uh, the Ryan Sandberg uh, effect. Remember Ryan Sandberg? He almost, he hit 500 against bad pitching. And when the Cubs were down nine to nothing, oh, here comes Ryan Sandberg. You knew he was going to get it out. In a clutch yeah. game, Two bases loaded. Here comes Ryan Sandberg. Oh, he popped that up. Remember um, Harry Carey? Ah, he popped that up. Right, you know, drunk on the on the broadcast. Ah, he popped it up. Jamar Chase is the same way. Good point. He's he does well against bad teams, against slow quarterbacks, right, or short cornerbacks. Uh, but in a situation where he's playing a legit defense, don't expect much from him. He. He uh, should have been more of a factor in the Super Bowl last year, but Ramsey shut him down. No, he, listen, listen. Jim gave us the tip last year that if, if the Rams are playing zone, T. Higgins is the guy and not Jamar Chase, and he certainly was. You catch that ticket, right? What, yeah. What, what about tomorrow night, Jim? <laughs> it's all coming around. Oh, man, really two bad teams. I mean, oh, my gosh. And, you know, the, the people are making a big deal about Tampa with these 14-point comebacks. Down, 
that means they're trailing by 14 points to bad teams. So they suck. Uh, So it's terrible. But, you know, there have been some signs of like the receivers are not getting separation. Chris Godwin's not fully back for that ACL. Uh, Mike Evans, it's just been Brady downfield, maybe hasn't quite been the same accurate guy he's been. I I just think ultimately Dallas seems to make mistakes at the big moment. And Skylar Thompson goes deep on his very first play. And Jalen Waddle actually dropped it. So they actually oh. took a deep shot of play action. Hilarious. Right. But um right. Scott's shaking his head because I, you know, I have the wild conspiracy theory that Waddle's fixing games, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, right in the breadbasket he dropped it. I do think that both Dallas and Tampa are poorly coached. Tampa runs the ball when they know they can't. That's problematic. Yeah. Dallas. I never know what their game is to be. If they get Tony Pollard involved on the edges and his receiver, Dallas wins. I don't trust them to do that. So I would say the Bucs are going to cover this game. But as to who's going to win, good God. Anybody's guess. Anybody's guess. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, my my take on that game, um, bonus, right? Um, It's got my take on that game. Again, it's the Florida second half line. Is the is going to be hot? Uh, the the Dallas Cowboys practice in a very air conditioned inside facility. That's going to be a problem. And then um, I do have a friend who works for the Bucks front office. Uh, and to Jim's point, uh, the players were clamoring because in the offensive meeting room, <clears throat> Brady runs the meeting, and Leftwich, you know, starts making uh, comments after the first five to ten minutes. The Brady's, I guess he's happy now because before he was just cursing everybody out. Now he, he's more congenial, uh, not berating everybody. Ryan Jensen's back, I think, is huge. One of his best buddies, supposedly. Brady's all business. He probably doesn't really like anybody. Uh, and the players were complaining, though, that coach, the head coach, Todd Bowles, never showed up at the offensive meetings. Now, when the year started, Scott's been watching football for 40 years. First thing Scott says, hi, Scott. He's like, Tampa Bay is going to win the last three games, and all they do is care about the playoffs. So, lo and behold, I hear from my little birdies that Arians is sitting in the offensive meetings now. Todd Bowles was never going to sit there. He cares about – but he's supposed to be the whole head coach and he's supposed to be calling uh, whether to go for it on fourth down or not. Now I know if the Panda Arians and Arians is giving signals, he's giving signals to Todd Bowles whether to go for it on fourth down or not. Todd Bowles has always been in charge of the defense. And can that Prescott read defenses? I don't know. He hasn't shown me he can, especially in the playoffs. He, he didn't the first time against Tampa before he got hurt. And secondly, if they expect Zeke to run in the like Echo last night in the middle of that defense and have any success, Vita Bay is going to shut that down. I right. think so. Unless, as, I, to Jim's point, Paul is going to have to play big. Last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah Paul is going to have to play big in this game for them to, to win. 
and CD because they do have a tactical advantage in the middle of the field. Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis are both expected to play healthy. They're very good outside corners. Now, T.Y. Hilton's your X factor in this game. Those guys can be beat on double moves. Hilton looks explosive still, and they need to leverage that off some play action. But really, C.D. Lamb in the middle of the field, he needs to have that signature game because he does have an advantage in the middle of the field. Safety's been nicked up. Slot corner play is not elite. He definitely would be a primary focus. Needs 12 to 15 targets, sir. And another angle that's been 100% for us is coaches going on job interviews, losing the game. Quinn going on these interviews, he faces a double problem. Uh, this whole new offense coming, because the original thought was one-third of the offense was going to be Arians, one-third of the offense was going to be Leftwich, and one-third of the offense was going to be Lloyd Carr, Tom Brady. Okay? So now with that, Arians going to the meetings and having input, I'm expecting that one-third to be in there. Dallas is not going to see anything that was run during the regular season in this game. And Diggs just caught a big pass again. So here we go. Could That's be a 200 yard game. So uses a play action. Yeah. So, right. Kind of draw the guy in a little bit and then go past him. I'm a little behind you guys over here in the West Coast. Always. I'm always behind you guys over here in the West Coast. You got to move to the Midwest then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can stand the cold. That's the that's the problem. Yeah, that's, my- yeah, that's true. That's true. Or I can have two houses, right? Have one, uh, and then when it gets cold, I leave to the West Coast. Uh, but no, I like Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay to cover like Jim. Uh, that total, man, 45, 46. The problem is if Tampa Bay gets up 14 nothing or 21-7, are you going to see us for net up the middle? You're going to see like a, t- a little – Slot skinny post to Julio Jones. All right. I, I actually like the under in this game, Tampa Bay game. You know, I, Josh. I go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's going under. I think it's going under. I think both teams' offense is going to struggle to, to do anything. Oh, they just sacked Allen. Now, Josh, you mentioned uh, if Tampa gets out to a 14 nothing lead, if they had a lead before the fourth quarter of the season, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But <laughs> they don't get many leads. They don't get many leads. What Scott said at the beginning. That all they did was run vanilla. They knew they were in a bad division. They said, okay, we can run the vanilla. We can rest our guys as much as possible. Vita Vea's only played in about eight games. Right. I think if it was a different situation, he would play like 10 games or more. You know, Vita Vea's run blocking grade is a 49 at Pro Football Focus. He is grading horribly when he's on the field this year. Really? Um, Yeah, yeah, his grade is horrendous. Um, Yeah, so I think pressure rate, though, right? He leads the team in sacks from the – Well, right, because – Oh man, bomb. Shaq, um, Shaq Griffin was out for the season. They lost him early. They they have a bottom seven pressure rate. They right. have not been getting any pressure on the quarterback. So the fact that Via's getting uh Vea's doing well at sex, nobody's getting sacks for them. That's the problem. Right. And to your point, Jim was on it, man. The Miami Blitz. I see uh Josh Allen I think Josh Allen's rattled right now. Josh Allen looks very, very shaky for me. He did not read the defense on the play. Just, I just, just wait till you see the next pass, Josh. Yeah, wait till you see the next pass. Wait till you see the next pass if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> You're blitzing. He's looking, looks, staring down his one receiver. He goes deep. The guy beats him. Diggs got it right on the four-yard line. Yeah, so 
This, this well, kid, listening to us. We told Jim and I told him to have 25 play off and not let Diggs get behind them. If they would have listened to Jim and I, that, that play does not happen. So early in the game, game <laughs> plan simple. We need to be in. We need to be in that Miami. Uh, you know. It's Diggs. It's Diggs. Rock, He's going to rely on his man. He's going to rely on his guy today. Diggs. Yeah, got Howard, Howard, Howard um, overconfident again. See how we think everybody is overconfident in their own abilities and their own way to games. We have to track everything. Wait till, wait till you see the next one's coming, Josh. He is rolling. He's confused. Happy feet. One crack. He's out of bounds, right? Caught it one arm, though. I told people to bet at any time touchdown on Dawson Knox. I should have told him first touchdown scorer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough one to call, but yeah, I thought he had a good chance of scoring here. So, so Jim, has, have they gotten better? in the red zone because of Dawson Knox as the season went on. Yes. Yes. Because Gabe Davis just wasn't getting open or on the same page with Allen in the red zone. There's a connection between Allen and Knox and they're on the same page. And it makes a big difference. You're in a tight area where you've got the defense defenses compressed to have that chemistry with something in the red zone is massive. That's chance up their ability in that area to field because of that connection. Yeah. Cause he's been a, he was a top 10 tight end last year. And they just seem to forget about him earlier in the year. Not forget about him, but they went away from him. And now they want back to him. They he, wanted he, to be more explosive. Yeah, yeah, I give him credit for that. That's that was a tough catch. It was. Was. They wanted to be more explosive. And so Dawson Knox was more a function last year of they felt that was where they had to go because they weren't explosive enough. Yeah. In terms of the wide receivers. And I thought this year they were hoping Gabe Davis would add that element. And when it didn't, they had to morph back to Knox. So I think that if they eventually get the explosive complement to Diggs, then I think Knox would be hard pressed. Yeah. But as it is now, defenses cannot focus on Dawson Knox because you still have to worry about the outside guys. Even though Gabe Davis hasn't been great, he has to be accounted for because he can go downfield. Absolutely. Agree. 100%. All right. Man, great stuff. Long shelf life. Final words, guys, as we get into it. So it's Buffalo 7 0. Uh, I like where I'm at. I, give me uh, two interceptions. Josh Allen will throw two interceptions in this game. You're moving forward. Just sit on the ball, please, so they don't score anymore, please. <laughs> <laughs> what I'll say is middle of the, the first quarter. Uh, I took the over 44, so I think we're looking good on that. Yeah. What I will say to those who are listening or watching live is that Miami on the first drive took two deep shots. I think that was on purpose. I still think the game plan is the way I expect it to be, but I think they wanted to show Buffalo that we are willing to throw, we're willing to air it out. And now on the second drive, once you showed that, now I think you go to the game plan you actually wanted. They sacrificed that first drive. Now Waddle had caught that ball, different volume, because that should have been a catch. He screwed yeah. Skylar Thompson. But that said, I think they can run their game now. Yeah, they're telling, hey, you can put an extra guy in the box. <clears throat> what do you think, Scott? Mm. On the Buffalo game? Mm. Or, um, just, again, today, the Giants game is going to be really good in my mind. I think the Giants can hang, hang with Minnesota and win the game. Disagree on that. Every game that we disagree on ends up being really crazy. 
Well, I hit one Roots Bay to Ginsburg, so I'm looking for two. So, um, right. well, if Gino doesn't drop the ball, right? But, yeah, I know, I know. So, <laughs> if Gino doesn't give him the ball, no, no, I was wrong. That was a bad pick. You can't justify your picks, blame people. You can't blame Gino Smith. I can't blame the rest for my bad pick and my bad judgment. You have to own it. I'm this looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the rest of the day. I think there's going to be a lot of competitive football out there. And I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of um, good offensive um, outputs from receivers and running backs today. So that's what I'm looking at. Um, you know, and I'm uh, looking forward to Vikings second half line cheap because of the, the cheapness of the Mara family, the Rooney family. And I'm looking forward to Harbaugh's plan tonight. His dad was a coach, went to the Super Bowl, right? First Super Bowl, John Harbaugh was in, right? Special teams coach for Andy Reid in the 2005 Philadelphia Super Bowl. Then he went to the Super Bowl against his brother, no less. What does he get? Why did he bring Greg Roman and the defensive coordinator to the field? They're usually in the press box. Why, why, why did he do that last week? They were taking notes in the notebook. What, what are the results of all that? All that right? All the stuff going down. So give me the Ravens in second half. Give me the Vikings in second half. And we always close with Winston Churchill, right? You don't have to give anybody $1,000 for picks. We give it all away. We give you access to Hall of Famer like Jim Coventry. <laughs> we give you access to uh, Scott, who's 80% on every single pick that does not have to deal with the Celtics, right? We give you access, right? We give you regional and age diversity when Chat comes in here. Uh, physical diversity, right? He's an NFL player, really. Um, you make a living from your labor, but you make your life from what you give. Thanks for listening and watching the live stream. Yeah, I think Josh McDaniel or Mike McDaniel screwing it up. Um, he had Skylar Thompson throwing. He got picked up. I, I thought for sure. I don't know what he's thinking. You're really going to go in and you're going to say two drives. We're going to let Skylar Thompson throw the ball. Why would you do that in a million years? You can't. You can't. Bad I don't, coaching. I don't, I don't understand what. Yeah, didn't most of have a hundred yard game against them last? last yeah, ripped game. them up. Ripped yeah. them up. So why aren't you doing that with Wilson? Right. Yeah. <laughs> ripped them up. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know either. All right, game time. All right, Jim, thank you very much. Good to see you guys. Good to see you too. That was good. It was excellent. He's he's always good. He's on point on everything. I'm a little nervous about this Miami thing with the coaching staff. Yeah, what the hell are they doing? I know. I I don't understand what McDaniel's trying to do in this situation. Because now – you get down 14 nothing. What do you got to do? You have to pass the ball now. You, you can't really run. You, you got you to score a touchdown to get back in the game. I, I just don't know. And you're giving Josh Allen a, a pass, a chance inside the 20 yard line to score a touchdown when normally he's going to do it. Right. I got no idea. I have no idea. I have no clue what they're right. doing. But anyway. All right. That was awesome. I'm glad he could, I was glad he could come on. Yeah, no, it's good energy. Good energy. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So hopefully you can get on a little bit more, you know, as the playoffs go on. You can tell he was laughing. He was having a good time. You know, and, and, yeah. Uh, 
the other part of it is. That's why this one don't cost $800, and that costs $200. And I don't know what that costs, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I wear those shoes and I roll my butt, and I get a limousine.